Welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I'm Jeff Cranson. Today, I'll be talking with two people about construction of the Gordie Howe International Bridge, a majestic structure that will link Michigan with Canada, our most important trading partner. First, Nick Miato, a member of Operating Engineers 324 and a tradesman on the bridge, will talk about what it means to be part of this historic project. He was highlighted in a video prepared by Governor Whitmer's office in preparation for next week's State of the State address. After that, we'll hear from Andy Doctoroff, who is the governor's point person on the bridge, overseeing all kinds of things related to the contract work and the partnership with Canada that's uh, bringing this, this project to fruition. But first, Nick, thank you for taking time to do this. Good to be, glad to be here. So let's start by talking about your work uh, on the bridge and your work as an operating engineer and what you do and how you trained and developed the skills. Well, about nine years ago, I joined the operators. Um, and throughout time, um, both experience in the field and time at our training center in Howell, uh, I, I got my crane certifications for large, small hydraulic cranes. Um, uh, I have a CDL, um, and then just through various uh, dirt equipment training programs, you know, I learned to run excavators, dozers, you know, payloaders, skid steers, things like that. So, Nick, what what was the the training to to get to that point? I mean, you don't just walk off the street and start operating those kinds of that kind of equipment. Can you talk about the the process of of you know learning those skills? Well, at our training center. Um, we, we have all types of classes that we can sign up um, in, in the classroom type classes. Um, you know, the, we have programs um, based around OSHA programs, like a 10 hour OSHA and a 30 hour OSHA. And we, we, and then we also have in the field, you know, for all aspects of the work, I mean, um, grading classes with the GPS dozer, you know, I mean, they start right at the basic level from like basic dozer, you know, advanced dozer, GPS dozer. Um, and you know, the same thing with the excavators, um, the cranes are, are a pretty in-depth program that we have there, but it starts with our basic crane class and, you know, and then we go into, you know, crane one, two, you know, the advanced crane classes, crane rigging, and then we go through the national certification process also at our training center. Um, for me, I walked in as a journeyman, you know, you can come as an apprentice and then you take X amount of classes every winter as a journeyman. I was able just in my time off in the winters to sign up for classes as I needed them. I'm going to advance my skills. Yeah, no, is it, is it something that interested you before or did, were you kind of surprised as you got into it? Uh, uh, so, well, yeah, I, I worked in the, I was a truck driver. I drove gravel trains. Um, and so I was around all aspects of this work and that, um, you know, we did, we did salt for MDOT and asphalt and all those things. And I always saw the equipment and actually I got in the operator's, and I, I drove truck a little bit, and as and as and as I saw, man, I really want to get in that equipment. I just started taking the classes and, and getting the field experience it took to to get to where I am now. Excellent. So, talk about your work specifically on the Gordy Howe and and the things that you said on that video, which was just a very authentic, sincere testimonial to the you know the importance of the project and the vitality and what it means to to commerce and to, you know, both the state of Michigan and to, to Canada? Um, well, I, I came down here 
the project had been going for for maybe a year, a little over a year. I got down here December eighth of twenty, and I was I hired as an operator. I was running uh you know dirty equipment and cranes, and then throughout my time here, um, I wound up becoming a general foreman which is a foreman over many aspects of the project, but I have a lot to do with like the crane moves and, you know, the trucking, the onsite trucking. And, um, I'm pretty well involved in everything from the office to the field now. Um, it's a huge project. I guess it's hard to, it's hard to try to touch on all of it. You know what I mean? From the, from the U S bridge and the main span going across, then the point of entry. And then we've got the 75 interchange. It's a, it's, it's a big, a lot of moving parts project. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you you kind of in that video that you you talk about the satisfaction and obviously you and and your your coworkers take a lot of pride in in what you're doing there. But can you talk about what this one means especially compared to other things you've worked on? I think that's the coolest thing about about being a tradesman or an operator is you know you get to look back for generations at the things that you touched and the things that you built and you know sometimes it you know it's stuff you don't see, but on this one it, it'll be here you know, for generations. I mean, you know, I think this bridge has like a 150 year life expectancy. And so, I mean, generations will see the main bridge and, and the flyovers going onto the highway and then the buildings and the POE. And, and you'll always know that you built that. I mean, and, and everybody else will know that they built that. I mean, it's, it's an extra reward on top of the good living that you make doing these things. Yeah. I mean, you've, uh, you've left your thumbprint on the skyline of Detroit. Yeah, well, it's going to be the tallest. It's going to be the tallest structure in Detroit when it's done. Right. You're talking about so, towers yeah. that soar above the Rensen. Right. That's, that's right. Pretty tall. Yeah. So um, you talk a little bit too about you know the the good jobs of the future and what this helps you know fuel in terms of economic development and and you talked uh, about what state government is doing with the infrastructure money and how you know you're excited about the prospects for for more work other other bridges obviously and, and other road work can you uh, expand on that a little well i just think that you know in michigan you know we were such an industrial state and we still are but you know we want to bring those businesses back and one thing that i think that this is going to do is it's going to attract you know a business doesn't want to come to michigan and have bad roads bad bridges you know have a trouble getting their things into our state so i see that you know that this money is going to help that a lot and i see it bringing more jobs to michigan than just the jobs it's going to create for construction. Obviously, it's going to create a lot of good jobs for construction. You know what I mean? And obviously, tradesmen and tradeswomen make good money. So they, of course, go out and they spend that money. And, and, you know, and, and that money outreaches you know, a long way into the economy, more than just us out here working. I, I don't see any negative in infrastructure spending. It's, it's all positive in my eyes. Yeah, well said. Um, just in, uh, you know, in, in Michigan, what's related to international travel and our, our most important trading partner, which is Canada, uh, you know, in, in West Michigan alone, because of various agricultural products and furniture and other things, it's it's one in seven jobs are tied to international trade. And <clears throat> those numbers are similar in other parts of the state. So I don't think you can overstate what what you're saying that the direct jobs right now that are created for the actual construction are one thing but it's going to keep paying dividends in the future so i think there's well, going to be more work and with this gordy how you know back when i drove truck before i was in the operators i went into canada a lot and you know those trucking companies you know they work by the load and when you sit at an international crossing and if i'm not mistaken i think this is the busiest border crossing in north america right here in detroit 
this new bridge will speed that up and, you know, that will open up a lot of commerce right there. You know what I mean? So that's one thing too, that I didn't touch on by having an extra border crossing, you know, we'll have the tunnel, the ambassador and the Gordie Howell then. Well, yeah. Freeway to freeway connection without a bunch of traffic lights on the Windsor side. That's, that's huge for just in time delivery. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I think you covered, you know, what I was hoping to talk about. I just, I kind of wanted to, Put another spotlight on the the video and capture the the excitement that you expressed i think it was just very you know you came off as very sincere and very authentic and it, it's it's helpful to the project yeah this when you get out and do this stuff you just know it's for you it, it just gets into your blood and you know and, and you just want to be here every day you know it's like you never actually go to work because you're happy to be there every day that's what they say right enjoy what you do yeah. and work a day in your life well and plus being an operator, I mean, the benefits are great. The wage is good. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's everything a guy like me could ask for. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, thank you, Nick. Uh, good luck with the future of this thing. We hope to, to see it opening up, uh, you know, the end of 2024. Uh, that's still the target, and we, we can't wait uh, for that day. Good luck on the project. It was nice talking to you. Thank you. Stick around. There's more to come right after this short message. If you're enjoying today's Talking Michigan Transportation podcast and would like to learn more about some of the exciting innovations going on at the Michigan Department of Transportation, check out the MDOT YouTube channel for videos featuring project updates, safety initiatives, and program highlights. Go to youtube.com slash MichiganDOT and subscribe. Okay, so as promised for the second segment today, we're going to hear from our friend Andy Doctoroff, who is the point person for the governor's office overseeing construction and involved in a lot of our discussions with our Canadian partners about keeping this project on track. Andy, thank you for taking time to do this. Hey, it's my pleasure. So we just heard from Nick Miato, who is the operating engineer, uh, you know, tradesman, heavy equipment operator, who's featured in what I think is a, a very good video spotlighting the project and uh, giving his personal testimonial about what it means to, to work on this. But we didn't touch much on where the project stands and what the progress has been over the last several months since you and I last talked. So could you give us kind of an update? Yeah, uh, there's been tons of progress. Uh, the progress on the project is inexorable, uh, thanks to the skilled trades uh, workers uh, that, that, that are working uh, on the project every single day. Uh, we now have on each side of the border uh, two uh, concrete piers that are shaped like inverted Ys uh, that are rising from the ground. Uh, each one, one in Ontario and the other here in Michigan, uh, is about 380 feet tall, I believe. Uh, on their way, uh, each one is on its way to being about 600, 720-some feet uh, taller than the Marriott Hotel at the Renaissance Center. So that is the most physically uh, obvious evidence of progress. But if you take a look at uh, other components of the project, tons of work is being done on the ports of entry, uh, creating the foundations for the buildings that will uh, occupy the ports of entry. Uh, there's been tons of work on the roads. Uh, so for example, just last month, we opened two new overpasses 
that are complete streets, uh, really high quality overpasses that will benefit the community. So Talk about what that means, Andy. I mean, we <laughs> you've been in these transportation circles now for nine years, so you're starting to speak the jargon, but uh, what does that mean to Joe Sixpack? It basically means that if you want to walk across uh, an overpass, bike across the overpass, uh, it's wide enough and constructed that will accommodate, you know, all of those modes of uh, travel or transportation. Uh, and that's what complete streets are. Uh, and it's, you know, something that basically, it's almost like a philosophy that uh, streets are not just for automobiles, they're for everybody. Uh, and, you know, the project, uh, in terms of what's being built now and what will be built, uh, you know, certainly buys into to that uh, philosophy. Yeah, you, you mean in that the bridge itself is going to uh, accommodate non-motorized users? Yeah, as a former marathoner myself, uh, I, uh, you know, you know, regularly ran across the Ambassador Bridge and the view of the Detroit skyline that was just available to participants uh, in that race, unless you were actually traveling in a car, was breathtaking. And the fact that bikers from both countries and uh, pedestrians can any day at any time cross that bridge uh, and then, you know, at sunrise and sunset, see these incredible vistas and, uh, you know, landscapes, I personally believe it's going to be a, you know, tourist attraction in earnest uh, that's, that's going to attract a lot a, of people. Yeah, that's with a passport and post-pandemic. Yes, of course. But you're right, it, it will be beautiful. That's a, that's a really cool aspect of this. And I would argue probably uh, underappreciated, you know, there's been some some media focusing on the the multimodal aspects of it but uh, hopefully as as we get close to opening there'll be more yeah it's kind of been a niche subject so far uh, because bikers care about it because they want to go from point a in one country to point b in another country but just the day-to-day -day access of that view uh, i don't think it has settled in the consciousness of the public yet well, so what else do we need to know i mean you can see you know we had a group of lawmakers down there uh, I don't know, it's been a couple of months now, I guess, um, actually maybe six weeks, and they were impressed. They got to see the construction, got to see the, you know, the, the visual, tangible things going on. But what's, what's, what's your takeaway when you're, when you're down there and you, you actually, you know, get out from behind your desk and get to see the work? Well, you know, on a personal level, it's the most uh, rewarding thing that you can experience seeing uh, the fruition of so many years of work and commitment, not just by myself, but by the incredible teams with which we work. Uh, it's real. Uh, it is a very busy construction site. We went up probably about 320 feet uh, and just saw it being done. Uh, so it's gone from being, which for so long, something abstract to something extremely concrete right now. And that's very satisfying. And what's also very satisfying is that as the project continues, uh, you know, it can go in, you know, one of two directions. People can have their interests uh, that are misaligned and uh, communications and relationships begin to fray, or it can go in the other direction where interests continue to be aligned and relationships grow stronger and stronger. And I believe very strongly 
that one of the reasons why this project is going to succeed is because uh, the participants in this project are working hand in glove, not just Michigan, Canada, but also BNA and all the other stakeholders in the community and elsewhere uh, to make this project a reality. And that goes back to, uh, you know, I think the subject you mentioned, which was uh, the, the legislative tour, where there seemed to be great unanimity on the parts of the people who were on that tour, not speaking for anyone, that this project is an absolute good that addresses redundancy issues, uh, addresses our commercial needs, provides state of the uh, our border crossing capacities, highway to highway connectivity. And, you know, it's awesome that this is coming to this area uh, in the, you know, relatively near term future. And we're going to have the opportunity to use this as a catalyst for all sorts of economic growth. And as this becomes a reality, which it is every day more and more, uh, I think there's going to be more and more alignment um, and, you know, uh, people being grateful that this project is happening. I think one of the things um, that really impressed those lawmakers, and we had lawmakers from all over the state, they weren't just, you know, Southeast Michigan delegation. What we're hearing some of the details um, about the community benefits and about the environmental work that's been done, not just mitigation, but uh, the environmental benefits that will pay dividends later. Um, you know, all those things, the 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 work with the community groups and the engagement and uh, the ongoing you know constant uh, willingness to to be transparent and talk to everybody answer all their questions can you talk about that a little well it's it's my belief that one of the reasons why this project is so successful is because it has a true civic conscience and uh, you know no one's trying to take any shortcuts when it comes to uh, doing things that you know, may save a few dollars, but uh, be uh, harmful to uh, the public. Uh, every single thing we do is always filtered through or looked at through the prism of community benefit. How are we impacting them? How can we mitigate any kind of, uh, you know, harmful impact to the extent they exist? And, you know, how can we relocate people, which is all done now in a, the most humane way? And, all of what you're talking about reflects, I think, the ethos of this project, which is a really important uh, lesson for people to learn because infrastructure projects don't exist in a vacuum. They're part of a political ecosystem. Uh, the public, you know, matters in terms of, you know, making things easier or less easy to get done, but it also allows all of us working on the project to feel good that we are serving not just economic interests, not just commercial interests, but also civic uh, interests. And I think the project, with great thanks to WDBA, uh, has the Windsor Detroit Bridge Authority done an amazing job with, you know, us, with everyone being sensitive to those needs uh, and concerns. Yeah, we should especially give a shout out to Stephanie Campo, who works with the WDBA and has just done yeoman's work establishing relationships in the community and being responsive and answering questions and getting them every resource that they they possibly need and ask for yeah and speaking of stephanie uh and it's you know heather grondin as well but when we devised our community benefits plan we went through a robust process of surveying meeting coming up with lists of requests that the community made 
which were all understandable, reasonable quests. And then we kind of hashed that out together as to what was possible and what was not possible. And the amount of legwork and due diligence and conversation and outreach that Stephanie and Heather spearheaded uh, was, you know, really, really impressive. And again, that's a reflection of this project's commitment uh, to the community. I agree. Well said. I'm uh, constantly impressed with the work that they do and they've been doing. And you've learned a lot along the way, too, enough that you've even uh, kind of because of your work and what you've learned about infrastructure and all that goes into it, you've, you've created a whole curriculum for a class at U of M Law. Yeah, it's amazing what happens if you uh, ask questions because you learn all sorts of new things. Again, when I joined the project, I had very little understanding of what infrastructure even really was. But when you immerse yourself so deeply in a project this magnitude and complexity, and you're asking questions and people are willing to answer your questions, you learn. And then ideas pop into your head and you know you, you think of things, other things to do. Yeah. Well, thanks, Andy. We'll uh, revisit this again, you know, sometime in the coming weeks and, and uh, you know, continue to keep people updated on how the project's going. Yeah, it's a great opportunity uh, to be able to speak to you, Jeff, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast. I would like to thank Randy Doubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.